0: Welcome to Out of Our Heads, a pop culture podcast from the lines of Joe Bordner and Nick Protopapis. How are you doing today, Nicholas? Uh, bad. Terrible. Ah.
1: All my friends are leaving. Yeah. I feel like that dinosaur in that book.
0: Listener, I'm going to let you in on a secret. It's not a secret. I am moving out tomorrow. Nick helps me pack today, and I'm, I'm going first thing tomorrow morning to Vermont, and uh, it's a sad time here at Out of Our Heads HQ. I agree. We actually, there is no more HQ.
1: This is the last time we're gonna hang out in HQ.
0: Yeah, that's true. I'm
1: gonna have to establish my own HQ. Yeah,
0: you'll have to buy your own microphone potentially. Yeah, I will have to probably do that. Yeah, it, it'll all work out because we'll still be coming to you every week, potentially, probably. Yeah, 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 yeah. Nick, it was uh, it was your birthday on a lighter note on Sunday. That's correct. This past Sunday. Yeah. Did you know you share a birthday with famed comic book writer Brian Michael Bendis? Only because you told me multiple times. But yes,
1: I did know that. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so, um, you know, a couple hours ago, uh, the Archie Comics Twitter account tweeted out something wild, which is 69 uh, days until Halloween. <laughs> so some <laughs> What? <laughs> <laughs> some crazy things are going on at the makers of Jughead Comics HQ. Wow. <laughs> Thank you for sharing. I... <laughs> I liked it. No, I, I, I just, I, I appreciate the social media game, but I don't know what possessed them to make that tweet. So uh, I think it's probably best that we get into our, our things this week. Would you like to go first? Uh, sure. I've been,
1: uh, well, actually, we were supposed to watch Edge of Tomorrow together. We were. But, uh. But you fell asleep. That's correct. An hour in. <laughs> but then I went and watched it on my own. Oh, so I'm yeah. going to talk about Edge of Tomorrow for a bit, because I watched it this morning. Wonderful. Um, Edge of Tomorrow is a 2014 movie by probably someone, probably Warner Brothers, and it has a, uh, Tom Cruise. And, it does. And also a woman lead. Emily Blunt. Yes. Is that actress's name? Of course. <laughs> naturally. And they, uh, hang out in this movie, this action movie called, uh, Multiple Things. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, so it was released into the theaters as Edge of Tomorrow, and then they decided that on the Blu-ray it should be named Live, Die, Repeat. Which was a phrase that was prominent in the trailers.
1: Yeah, whatever it's called, it's pretty. It's pretty all right.
0: Yeah, um, I, I've I, heard
1: <laughs> you know good things in my life about it.
0: It's a movie that I saw in theaters once uh, back in twenty fifteen, and I remember really liking it, but I I couldn't tell you too much about it beyond the premise, right? Which is Tom Cruise is this guy who is stuck in this war. He he's you know uh, kidnapped to be a soldier in this war against these aliens. Uh, and he somehow has the power to live the same day over and over again. It's, it's an it's an action movie groundhog day.
1: And uh, I was pretty much a skeptic going into this movie just because I've seen like posters and it's got a, a dumb name. Um, and I was like, "Oh,
0: Edge of Tomorrow is a good name."
1: Wow, Tanner I point. disagree <laughs> with that statement. But <laughs> Joe was like, "It's good," so I went and watched it. And yeah, that's basically the premise: is that he keeps dying in this war with alien things, mm-hmm. um, and then he wakes up and he's got to you know learn. mistakes to beat him. And I think that's probably the strongest point of this movie is that premise because there's lots of cool little editing bits where like, you know, there's one scene that you haven't seen before and he's fighting some aliens but he's good at it or he moves to the side in the right time and you're like, oh, he's done this before. There's little things like that. There's little things where they show us a scene ahead of time without it like bringing us the string of logic and getting there the way they <laughs> cut it all up together nicely is gonna be really interesting and fun especially like an action sequence when they're going over his deaths quickly because there's a bunch of montages in this, right? exactly where they you know skip through various scenes of him dying but i and... think that's the strength of this movie like it's pretty oh, yeah. much that um and i like the way that they play out the first scene sort of until he dies the first time you know in a big way and you get all the details and then later they just sort of pick and choose which ones to show you oh yeah i think that's exciting uh it makes it easier to watch
0: because otherwise, you'd be going, "Oh, not this again!" Yeah, you know,
1: and I like, I like the the how fast this movie moves. Mm-hmm. Like, I feel like you get explanations very quickly. You jump into the premise very quickly. You get explanations very quickly. Um, I'm not sure how I feel about them explaining sort of why this happens to him very quickly, but I think it works with the plot, right? Um, you know, the plot is probably the can weak you, part of this movie.
0: Can you remind me of why he has this power? All right, is so it... the aliens
1: that are invading there's uh, alpha aliens, and mm-hmm. those guys are bigger than the normal guys. They're called mimics. These aliens, I think. And, right. Uh, if you kill an alpha, then the omega resets the day. So that's how it goes. Okay. And the so. omega is this like weird plant thing that they have to find.
0: And that's that's how the uh, you know aliens know what all the soldiers are going to be doing. Right. So somehow the alpha's
1: blood got on Tom Cruise and also Emily. Right, right, right. And uh, that's how they can do the time thing.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh
1: Yeah, but you know, basically, to stop all these aliens, they just got to kill one thing. I thought was a little lame. But they gotta go kill the Omega, and that's most of this movie. Mm-hmm. Sort of the you know the string of days that he plays over and over to try to get to that Omega as fast as possible and kill it. Um, and once you get to the sort of final act of this movie where it's like, gotta kill the Omega, we know where it is now. <laughs> I mean, this movie's pretty twisty. Like, first you think you found the Omega, and then it's like, well, surprise, no. And then it can do things like that because you just lose it again, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's good. And I, it can also do things like that without... You know, obviously it doesn't have to show his journey again because it just showed it the first time so he can skip ahead. Right, yeah. And so I really like that about this movie. Um, but, you know, sort of towards the end, what happens is that he loses his, you know, ability and now they've got one one chance and he's never lived it before and he's got to go kill the Omega with his one, you know. Right. That's how it is <laughs> and uh, I thought that was a little bit less exciting. But uh, I thought it was pretty good. I would I would definitely recommend it as an mm-hmm. action movie. Uh, There's nothing I didn't really like the aesthetic of it, which is like I sort of knew looking. It's at. It's kind
0: it. of generic military blockbuster yeah. sort of. So they got right these like
1: mecha suits on top, and like you know everything's I, dark.
0: I do like how Emily Blunt has a huge ass sword. That's pretty cool. Yeah, uh, she has a she big does, anime sword. She, does, she does she use that? Use that often? <laughs> I I don't remember. I don't remember? Yeah. <laughs> you watched this this morning.
1: I I really don't remember if she uses it ever. <laughs> I remember it on a poster in the movie of her with the sword. Yeah, but I don't remember if she uses it. Probably, I'd
0: imagine she does. Maybe it's a pretty cool sword. Yeah, I
1: don't know. This, this, you know, movies like a lot of movies sometimes just have like a gray aesthetic or like this sort of like trying to be dark. It's
0: know. reminiscent of the Transformers movies. Sure, from... it reminded me of Pacific Rim, sort of. Mm. Um, I think it's it's obviously more focused than the Transformers movies. It's it's less hard to look at. Yeah. Uh, so you know, I I don't want to conflate those two aesthetics together, but.
1: Yeah, I mean, it wasn't hard to look at or anything. It was just sort of like... There's a lot of movies like this where I watch them and I go, but wouldn't it be nice if there was some colors? Like, you know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, yeah. That's my opinion. I think Edge of Tomorrow or Live Repeat is, is a good movie that has a, a cool concept that makes it fun for a bit and that sort of becomes a generic action. Uh, <laughs> and I also like this movie where, like, it's really easy for him to, like... Adjust to this type of life where, like, killing himself is not a big deal. <laughs> I really like that. I like that the you know, Emily Blunt just comes up to him and just like kills him all the time. And he's like, Please, no, Just like, You <laughs> broke your leg, it's over. Like, I think it's just really funny.
0: <laughs> yeah, what you Wonderful. got for me, Mr. Joe? Well, I've been listening to a podcast, another podcast. That's that's not allowed. <laughs> You're gonna that talk about allowed. another podcast? I am because it's a narrative podcast, right? Oh, uh, of a sort. It's called Heavyweight, uh, and it is by Jonathan Goldstein, um, and it's sort of a podcast where this guy, Jonathan, goes around and tries to help people with their problems or mistakes that they've made in the past that they feel bad about, Uh, and it's this really positive, like, kind of delightful show. I mean, I I think the thing that I love about the show um, and with that pitch is just that it is putting more good into the world, Because I I don't know how they select the people that are on the show. Like, sometimes it's just the guy's friends. Sometimes it's people that he seemingly met through the show. Uh, But it's always, like, a regret or a problem that needs to be fixed. In the most recent episode, which is actually about the the boss of the studio that he works at, uh, Alex, Alex Bloomberg. And his whole problem is that he um, you know, basically promised that he'd make an audio mix of his, uh, his friend's wedding uh, like 20 years ago, mm-hmm. and he never did it. Uh, and they were planning on doing that instead of a photo album. Uh, so this guy has basically been shirking his responsibilities, even though he's still friends with these people, he's still close with them, uh, he still feels bad about it. Uh, so Jonathan Goldstein uh, comes to his boss and says, hey, I'm going to... Help you fix this. Uh, we're going to edit this together, even though you don't have much free time anymore, because you're the boss of this podcasting studio. And so, you know, they they, they put it together, and they get the, the family over, and uh, everyone's happy. That's that's sweet. Nice <laughs> story. Thank <laughs> you for that story of beautiful humanity. <laughs> it's difficult to explain the, the appeal. No, that was a good explanation. Uh, okay, yeah. okay. I'm is it what? funny? Uh, it is often funny. Okay. It has this very specific type of humor, which... I find funny, I define it as a sort of Jewish dad humor, but not my Jewish dad. Other <laughs> Jewish dads, because my father is not funny. Wow. But... All right. <laughs> it, now
1: you got him. It's, uh, basically, it's a hit and run, Joe. Yeah. You
0: say that and then you move out. I've uh, I've got another thing, since you know that one ran a little short. Uh, this one will also be short. Okay. Which is that I've been watching Better Call Saul. Based
1: yes!
0: On... Me too. <laughs> <laughs> Based on your recommendation, I'm, I'm, uh, I think halfway through the first season, I'm really enjoying it. I'm so glad, Joe. It's, this is the happiest moment of my life. It's so tightly written of a show. Yeah, I
1: finished, um, up to season four the last episode, which is the latest. Right. And then I went back to the first episode of the first season because I wanted more. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, <laughs> I, I really like it. Too. I'm glad. Um, there's always, uh, I was watching the first episode again, there's always something strange about first episodes of shows, because everything is, like, not necessarily wrong, but, like, a little bit off from how it's gonna be.
0: Right, because they're still figuring out how it's gonna go, Exactly. Right? Was Sol a show with a pilot, or did it just get a season commitment? Because it's, it just be. uh, everything's yeah. very intricately plotted, which I really admire. You know, everything builds on top of itself in this really incredible way. I, I don't want to spoil anything. There's, you know, twists and turns that even, like, the first few episodes take, that really just go a long way to absorb you, even if, like, you know, maybe... So I haven't seen Breaking Bad, but there, I, as I understand, there are things in these episodes that, you know, you maybe get more out of if you were a Breaking Bad fan, but it sure. doesn't at all detract from my experience as someone who has not Good. seen that show.
1: Yeah, I mean, the end of the first episode is like a,
0: oh, that guy from Breaking Bad. Right, uh, but to me, it's just like, oh, this guy showed up, something bad is going to yeah, happen. Yeah, 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 exactly. So like, it's... Works. It works in the way I think a lot of like well written comic book series work, where you have all this continuity that came before, or in Saul's case after, mm-hmm. uh, where an audience might be supposed to recognize something, but if it's done well, it doesn't detract from the experience if yeah. you hadn't haven't read or watched previous material. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. I I find that really
1: great. Yeah. What's <laughs> interesting to me about the you know watching the first few episodes again is sort of the lack of focus on the drama between Saul and his brother, which is something I talked about, you know, a couple episodes ago. Mm-hmm. But it's really just not in the focus at all. Like, if there's just this other plot going on, you know, with the, with the criminal activity, that is sort of far more interesting and far more in the spotlight.
0: Right, there's the a moment. focus on these two sort of intertwining threads of this family that has stolen a bunch of money that Saul is sort of trying to scam out of and also... Uh, these, these uh, I guess, gangsters that he's um, accidentally found his way yeah, into working with. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah, cartel. yeah, it's all crossing over and sort of... A lot of it is just solid focus. It's just like him bumbling around his life. and Oh, yeah. I mean, all of it is, you know... I don't, I don't remember a scene that's not with him in it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but later, of course, it's going to split up into, like, a lot of main characters and a lot of different plot lines at once.
0: Wonderful. I guess the one thing that I, I have an issue with is, you know, being or five episodes in, I, I don't understand why Kim, who's sort of the main love interest, is at all interested in Saul because he's a bumbling idiot, and I, I, I don't really, like there's chemistry between the actors certainly, but I don't see why the character would be attracted to him at all. Really? Which she, she seems to be, since she at one point she is preparing to ask him out on the date.
1: Yeah, I mean, they, they have a history from before the show that okay, is not I like see. I mean, it's implied. It's, always it's impl- implied. Yeah. No, I got
0: that it was implied. Yeah. But I wasn't quite 100% sure there was something there. Then.
1: Yeah, I mean, nothing from Breaking Bad or anything. Right, right. Like, that's what you mean. It's just like, I don't know. It's, it's always implied, and then, you know, they build up that romance throughout the show. Okay. Yeah. I don't know. I, that's not a problem I've ever had, but I'm rewatching it, so maybe I'll keep an eye
0: out. Mm-hmm. Um. Well, uh, today, Nick, we're talking about uh, Runaways. But not the TV show or the 2004 comic. We're talking about the 2017 comic. <laughs> so, uh do you want to introduce this? Uh Yeah. I,
1: I read the original series of Runaways when I was very young, and my cousin was reading them. I thought mm-hmm. it was pretty cool. And a couple years ago, I was like, hey, Joe, do you know about Runaways? And you were like, no, I do not know about Runaways. Right. And I was missing out,
0: because it's, you know, it's this wonderful series. It's been adapted to a Hulu TV show, which think we both agree is not as good but horrible it... <laughs> horrible horrible I, I I was attempting to be diplomatic yeah John I <laughs> tried watching
1: it we watched the season together and the second season came out I wouldn't let him pass episode three I was like no more <laughs> no more no more runaways because we really want to support
0: the show so that more comic is made right yeah Uh which is I think tremendously important because the comic is incredible the ongoing series that is happening right now yeah. Uh, by Rainbow Rowell, who is writing it. Uh, the art and covers. The art for the first 18 issues was done by Chris Anka, who I think is a phenomenal artist. Uh, I love him so much. Uh, his design work and his characters are just so expressive. Yeah. Uh, I could talk about him for days. Except the uh, art from issue 19 on is done by uh, Andreas I good, Still good. Yeah, still very good. Yeah. Uh, it's stylistically reminiscent of Anka's art. So, like, you know, if you. If you were binge-reading it, I doubt you would even notice that there was a change, honestly, for a while. Because the first couple issues, he's very much copying... Or not copying, but sort of mimicking Anka's style. Yeah. Uh, and over time, it becomes more and more his own, which, which I is think good, works. Yeah. It's a good way to do um, it.
1: Yeah, so the, the premise of Runaways is, in the original series is that these uh, kids in the Marvel Universe find out that all their parents, in a big cult, in a big supervillain d- cult, <laughs> huh?
0: Yeah, they're sacrificing kids. Yeah. Um... The problem with Runaways, which is not a problem with anything, it's just that um, there are certain details that because I watched the show more recently than I read the original comics have kind of melded together to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there are certain things that I think are in the comics but are actually just in the show. Wow. For example, in the show, the, the evil supervillain cults have their own religion that is public. It is a very famous thing. And occasionally I will just... Forget that that is not something in the comics, yeah. even though it's not an element of the show that I particularly enjoy.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's pretty straightforward in the comics. Like, they have a cult and they're feeding these god creature things. Yes. The um, kind of Boring. Yes. And uh, then the kids find out and they're like, what the heck? And they run away. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which is just great.
0: It's such a simple premise. It escalates things to a ridiculous extent eventually, where they're fighting these giant monsters, the boring. Yeah. uh and various instances Well, it's uh, great
1: because it's set in the Marvel universe without sort of the responsibility of like being a superhero comic. Absolutely. So there too. are
0: superhero characters who show up occasionally, exactly. but it's by no means like they're always the big ones who you would know about like you know regardless of if you read a Marvel comic before, it's like Spider-Man, Thor, Wolverine occasionally. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh and none of their continuity is important to understanding Runaways, which makes it like one of the consistently most accessible comics out there, like, or superhero comics. yeah. And, like, even though it's, at this point, like, 15 years old, the original series. Yeah, but, yeah, uh, Which is crazy to me.
1: Yeah, I know. Like, there was... are
0: still people getting into this. Like, myself included. No,
1: yeah, that's why it was so easy for me to read as a kid. Yeah. You know, it's a great concept that, you know, it's, it's a very character-based story. Yeah. It's all about these, you know, kids and how they... They deal with they interact and yeah. how they play off
0: each other. There's yeah, they some great twists in the original run, which I I don't think the recent series is replicated, but doesn't really need. I think because it's more character driven than than event driven. Because I think for a lot of the original series, they wasn't they weren't sure how long they'd be able to continue it for, yeah. which I think is evidenced by them having restarted in the middle of the run with mm. the issue numbering because they went to issue eighteen. And then they start again with issue number one, and then they go to 30. Uh, and then they started again which, with another issue number one and went to 14. Okay. Uh, and that was crazy. Uh, yeah. But uh, in 2017, they brought it back. Because it uh, got canceled. It got canceled for yeah. about 10 unlike, years. Unlike
1: huge cliffhangers. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I was
0: upset as a child. Which they did, to some degree, elect to ignore uh, in this relaunch. That's true. Uh, which I think is fine, because as the series is set in the Marvel Universe... It does have to deal with the passing of time. Right. I still think that they might address it at some point, but it's definitely something that's in the series of
1: past. Yeah, I mean, it doesn't matter a lot. Like yeah. this, this, you know, this comic, both times around, both runs, has a lot of mm-hmm. fun with like this person just back to life now
0: and yeah. things like that. And th- <laughs>
1: this, this new series is series especially is like just not taking anything seriously, and like except for its own character drama. Oh yeah, which I enjoy.
0: Uh, it's, it's very much, it has this great tone, which is a mix of comedy and just like teen drama to some extent, even yeah. though uh, what I love about it is that a lot of the characters aren't teenagers anymore, mm-hmm. which is very much focused on, especially since one of the main hooks, which is sort of a spoiler, but it's also in the first issue, is that one of the characters who died in the original series, uh, Gert, uh, her boyfriend Chase travels back in time at the in the first issue of the new run, uh, and picks her up and uh, heals her. Yeah. So she has not died, but she is in the, a co- future. She is yeah. in the future, and she's also a couple years younger. Four years than, younger, right? Uh, well, she used to be a couple years younger than Chase, so now she's four years younger than okay. him, but yeah. two years have passed Yeah, in our time. Right.
1: Which is it's good that you should say that, because I just read the, the newer issues, which is like 20-something, right. but sort of picking up on that plot point where... Gert has sort of been making out with a number, another member of the group, right? Sort of right. secretly.
0: Um, Not super
1: secretly, just like... All right. It's a secret. <laughs>
0: to some degree. Yeah, yeah. And then,
1: you know, Chase, the guy who saved her, went back in time and saved her yes. and finds out about this. And there's just this... There's just mm-hmm. a couple moments where it's just a very interesting look into Chase's psychology and sort of how he knows it's strange that he's like 20-something now and she's like 16, so he can't... Yeah. Anything. Or I guess
0: he'd be 20 sure it, yeah
1: well you know uh, he's too old for her basically right absolutely yeah um, so it's just like this strange dynamic where like he saved her because he loves her because she's his girlfriend yeah but now he
0: can't have her be his girlfriend because he's too old so he's sort of waiting around and they've also you know they've done a lot of growing individually like yeah. even Gert who's like been in the present for the same amount
1: of time like, well yeah no there was this there's a great scene in the new comic where Chase is just at a supermarket and he's buying some stuff Right, and you know the lady there is helping him, and eventually she sort of asks him out because they've been flirting a little. Yeah. And then he goes, "Oh, actually, I have a girlfriend," and you go, "Wait a moment, that's not true." <laughs> like he doesn't. But he yeah <laughs> quite yeah, but
0: but he, he is committed in that
1: way exactly yeah um, yeah. And I thought that was a great scene, um, and then I thought afterwards too when he finds out, I thought his inner dialogue about how he's sort of, sort of waiting, but like not expecting her to like those, like you can tell that he knows both sides of this
0: yeah yeah he's like not come to terms with it but he he understands all the yeah. perspectives which he's is... just sort of
1: you know i think there's some part of him that like, wanted the the happy ending eventually. yeah yeah like, definitely yeah like he knows he has to wait now because he's too old but he does want it to work out in the end mm-hmm. he said he does a line where he's like but soon we're you know not going to be 16 and 20 or whatever we're going to be you know 20 and 24
0: and Uh, 30 and 34, or 56 and 60. Yeah. I like that. That was was sweet. Yeah. Uh, they also bring one of the, not lesser Runaways characters back, but one of the newer ones, which is Victor Mancha. Yeah. Who is a robot kid. Uh, he's great. I love him. Yeah. (laughs) He goes through a lot of the series not having a body, because in one of the previous series that these characters had appeared in, so what this series does, uh, which I think is, actually like really commendable is that even though you don't need to read because the runaways series was canceled for so long, the characters did pop up from time to time in other books, despite being relatively obscure. Uh, so what that means is that things happened to them outside of the runaways series that a lot of main readers might not be familiar with. Right. Uh, and so, be. yeah. And so for Victor, what that means is that he died and is not a- except Tony Stark saved his head uh without a body and they managed to get him to come back online uh and so for much of this series until recently he's just been ahead yeah no there's uh, so many like fun little things like that and they attached him to a Roomba at one point yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and also before he has a body he goes through this whole character arc about whether he's not sure if he wants a body yeah 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 and, like he 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 is kind of comfortable with being ahead. Yeah, I really like stuff like that, which is fantastic.
1: And a lot of the series is sort of in like in the the home of the Runaways, so there's mm-hmm. lots of just like little like character things going around that are like sort of very fun, and you feel like warm and comfortable. Like like one of the characters just has a dinosaur.
0: Yeah, and it's
1: just like this dog, you know, dog acting like dinosaur running around, which is so great. Right, and, <laughs> and just like little things like that. And then there's the whole plot where, you know, one of the villains is sort of making them uh, under house arrest. Right. And so there's just this like <laughs> green monster man who hangs out in their house for a couple issues. And it's just like <laughs> so ridiculous, but so good. And like, I don't know, like Victor's on a Roomba. Like, there's just like little gags going around. Do
0: you remember the bit in, I think it's issue 12 or in that range, where Molly, uh, who is the youngest runaway, she's, I think, about, you know, 12 or 13. Uh, because she's not an adult, but she still needs to go to school, yeah. they need to have her papers filled out. Uh, so Nico, who's a magician, uh, casts a spell on her uh, to make her legally adopted. And someone asks her, did it work? And Molly says, I feel loved and secured. <laughs> so it must have worked. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. No, there's just a real, like, all the characters are
1: written so well. And just so, like, even even if you don't like have, like, a plot with a character in a certain issue, like, you just feel their presence in, like, little, like, they're just sitting on the couch doing something. Oh, yeah. There's something I remember a lot is in the original series is that, at one point, they just had this beach house, and they're, like, playing Mario Kart. Right. And I was like, wow, that's so... Like, I just remember that a lot. That's, like, one of the only things I remembered
0: before I reread it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I thought that was great. Yeah, that is... So that's from the uh, the the third series of Runaways, yeah. which I'm not as big a fan of until the end. Right. Uh, but, you know, we have differing opinions on that. Yeah, I think it's all good.
1: <laughs> and then uh, in the recent issues that you gave me also, there's been some, you know, just different... Because character focus switches around a lot. Uh, and a look at Carolina, right? which I said Carolina,
0: not Carolina. So yeah, we had, for the longest time, before the TV show came out, both of us had been pronouncing this character's name Carolina uh, because that was what made sense to us at the time. Yes. But according to the TV show and also life, it's pronounced Carolina.
1: <laughs> but I don't agree with that. <laughs> Carolina has a whole thing where she's just like, her and you know Nico have entered a relationship, she right. seems happy, and she's... She goes to therapy, and there's, like, a two-page spread of her at therapy. Oh, yeah. I thought that was
0: great, because I I don't know.
1: I don't feel like I know her that well, Mm -hmm. in terms of all the other ones. I know her
0: probably. She is, I think, at least in the original run, the least explored. Yeah. Uh, That's why I liked it. She has this whole storyline about coming out as a lesbian, uh, but that's, like, you know, she doesn't really get a partner at any point in the original run. Maybe she does. Oh, yeah, she does. (laughs) Seven. I completely forgot. (laughs) For a long time. That's, like, her next move. (laughs) Yeah, that's her next move, I (laughs)
1: <laughs> Which is probably sort of what's bad about her is that she's always
0: Yeah, she was used... always with another character yeah, yeah, and yeah. they were as a unit. Yeah. And they never explored them beyond that too much. Yeah. Beyond kind of a in a in a twenty nineteen sense in an uncomfortable plot line where So Zavin is a, a shapeshifter and doesn't really have a set gender, but Carolina wants wants them, I guess, to be a girl. You don't like that? Well, Zavin is pointedly uncomfortable with being a girl all really? the time. Yeah, that's one of the, that. the initial things, except they just kind of go along with it.
1: I thought that Zavin eventually was like, yeah, I'll, you know, let's get married.
0: Like, I'm just going to be a girl all the time. Like, this is cool. Right, but like it, it's, there's some level of, of forcing there, mm. which is yeah. weird to me. And also, you know, that's not how gender works in real life. <laughs> i don't for know most people it's, it's a comic <laughs> book no Let's one see. can shapeshift but people yeah, but like if they could
1: I, I don't know i'm really okay with that okay I, I thought that that was that yeah. was good for me as a kid i think
0: okay yeah i thought I, that, I think for a kid it would definitely help someone accept stuff like that
1: yes i i can confirm that
0: yeah i think neither of us are that popular. was probably my first thing that was like oh lesbians Right, maybe. And neither of us are authorities on those issues, so we should probably maybe stay away a bit. But okay, yeah,
1: yeah. Mm-hmm. I, uh, anyways, the new series, like I, I, you know, I've read all the issues. I don't remember any of the plot, uh, and I like that. I like that it's just sort of the Runaways hanging out at their house. It is spots like in and out. It is largely
0: a character piece, which um, I love.
1: Yeah, it's really it's, great.
0: It's delightful. There are, I mean, I could run through them. There's a storyline with Molly's grandma. Uh,
1: sure. No, I believe yeah, you. I, yeah. You know, I I do sort of. <laughs> it's not as important at all mm-hmm. and even, even like the most like you could say threatening like you know an old villain comes back and also that green thing that was you know guarding the house <laughs> like those things come back and that, that feels like it should be a big deal but mm-hmm. it's not because they just make friends with gib and gib's right. like part of their family now
0: yeah and the other alex just goes away mm-hmm. and it's not I even thought a big deal. The, the issue where molly runs away with alex And she has to sort of come to terms with who her parents were. Yeah, was really good and really well done. That's the first artist that that's the first one with the artist that is not Chris Aka. Yeah, I just think it's a great series, and I always forget because I
1: don't, I don't like I, you know, they come out every month or whatever, and you lend them to me. Mm -hmm. So I always forget that I'm like invested in a big way because there's no like cliffhanger for me to remember. It's not like ah, gotta get back on that. Like it's just sort of like a moment with your friends, and then I I read Mm
0: -hmm. you know four of them, and it was really great. Yeah. So That's I'm glad that Runaways is in our lives. It's such a delightful book. Yeah. Uh, and I think on that note, we should probably wrap up this discussion. Okay. Uh, but you know, it's been delightful talking about Runaways with you. Yeah.
1: Well, uh, Joe, I got a, I got a, I got a question for you, and it's the same question that I have every week. Okay. Uh, because we do this every week. Okay. But uh, you know, we live in a, in a time where. There's many sequels and reboots and revivals, these sorts of things. I even know. Runaways. Runaways is a okay. And I... the other day we went to watch Lion King, the oh, we... live action Lion King. We did. And I was thinking about the you know those situations, and I was just thinking, Joe, you know, if you had to revive something or reboot something, what would it be? Give me one gimmick answer and one real answer.
0: <sighs> Jeez. I am generally anti reboot think we should have more original ideas in the world well
1: yeah but okay uh but you get to pick one thing it can be a sequel to anything uh hmm. Hmm, 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 hmm.
0: well obviously i would love for there to be a sequel to the 2008 speed racer movie i hate you (laughs) which is something we clearly disagree on all right (laughs) uh is that your serious answer that's my serious answer okay uh, <laughs> that is absolutely my serious answer. All right. uh, the problem yeah. with that is we would probably need to de-age the actors now. No,
1: forget about that. Don't <laughs> worry about the problems. Okay,
0: okay. Uh, what is my gimmicky answer?
1: <laughs> I don't know. I can give you my real answer. Sure. A uh, year ago, two years ago, they canceled my my favorite comedy show, Last Man on Earth, from Fox. And it was <laughs> a unique, fantastic comedy about the apocalypse. And the last guy on Earth, and also some other people, because he's not really the last guy on Earth. And it was so character-based, because there was only, like, six characters, and they all just walked around the apocalypse and dealt with their problem. But it's not, like, zombies or right. anything. It's just sort of them.
0: I mean, I, I, I suppose my gimmicky answer would be to have a community movie, because I'm me. Yeah. And, uh, you know, that, that for me, is a gimmick. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, I'm not too invested in having an actual movie come out at the moment, but, you know, it would be nice to have. You're yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. be great. What you got?
1: Another Mary Poppins movie. Another one? Yeah. I've been waiting for another Mary Poppins movie since I was
0: a child. Did you did you watch the 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 recent What? One? <laughs> the what? <laughs> the um Mary Poppins returns? Uh, I've not heard of that. I'm really excited. Sounds great. Like Anyways. <laughs> I've got a I've got a wise quote to uh to close out our show here okay. tonight. Great. Uh and this is from uh from our friend Superman. In uh, this week's Superman's pal, Jimmy Olsen comic. I can convince anyone to buy me a hot dog pretty much whenever I want. (laughs) What? (laughs) (laughs) All right. Right. Thank you for listening to Out of Our Heads, a pop culture podcast from the minds of Joe Bordner and Nick Pertapapis. You can contact us at outofourheadspod at gmail.com. And my Twitter handle is at joby underscore draws. You can read my webcomic, Aeronaut, at Jobydraws.com. As always, Nick has nothing to promote, Uh, and we'll be back next week. In the meantime, don't forget to rate and review us on iTunes if you want. Maybe not. You know, everyone's got to do what they want to do with their time. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, it would really help out the show. Uh, Thank you. Bye.